Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. If you're having a fantastic day today, got a lot of news stories ready to go for you guys. Been working on this for a while. A lot of interesting stuff going on today, and be sure to check out the website at healthmasters.com. Be sure to vote for what you want to see win tomorrow for product of the week, as the current winner right now is Probiotic 100 billion on sale till tomorrow. And also, too, check out the Healthy Testosterone Kit on sale for 15% off, along with the Maximum Energy Kit as well this week. First thing I wanted to get into this morning, and I found this to be very interesting, is Montana now. There's been multiple articles now coming out of Montana discussing how they are trying to reduce the amount of buildings, apartments, and houses that are being approved <laughs> up in Montana. Apparently, a lot of the lawmakers up in Montana are a lot brighter than the lawmakers we have down here in Florida, and they're realizing that the infrastructure in Montana cannot handle the level of growth that it's seeing right now. And there's an article talking about how Montana wants to pump the brakes on California's great migration, and they're saying a lot of it is due to the Yellowstone franchise show that has been going on for five seasons now that dad always brings up. And I find it funny because I talked to a good friend of mine that lives up in Montana. He's lived up there for years and years and years. And he said, no doubt about it over the last four to five years, especially by about 19 and going into COVID, there's been this migration of Californians that have been moving up there and they're buying up everything because quite frankly, the property and houses of Montana are significantly cheaper compared to the absolute garbage holes in Southern California that you see that are just insanely overpriced. And they said, what's happening is now, as they said, you know, a thousand new units, houses, apartments will go in and he goes 20% of them go to super wealthy people who can afford to move up there and invest in them. He goes about 50% are going to all the wealthy newcomers from California. And he said, then the remaining 30% are going to out of state investors to use as rentals. And it's pricing a lot of Montana residents that have lived there their whole lives out of the market when it comes to rent and mortgages and houses and moving because everything's become so expensive because everybody's buying it up up there. And so they're looking at putting a moratorium on slowing down the amount of improvements or amount of the approvals that they're doing as far as with houses. And I can't blame them. You know, this Montana is a very free state. I mean, they you pretty much could do just about anything you want up there within reason. I mean, it's for people that actually want to live freely, unmolested on their way. And, you know, bringing that California mindset that ruined their own state is going to have side effects in Montana over the coming years and decades when you have a lot of these individuals that are from California get into positions of power and start taking seats in office up there. And for some odd reason, the real hard liberal socialist communist mindset is so cancerous. It's really not anything that can be tolerated. This is why I've been so vocal about the concepts that have been continually perpetuated in the mainstream media and in a lot of the areas of states that have been free and that are moving here now because this ideology that essentially – Everybody needs to live on the same level of field and that socialism is good and that everybody needs to accept perversion and that everybody needs to have higher taxes and continually ripping off the properties and basically raping and pillaging the land is what we've seen here. And they, they're doing it all over in these free states. They do it in their states, and then once they ruin their state, they want to move out because they're such garbage places to live. This is a problem. 
and this ideology now that's starting to spread to other states out of primarily New York and California of this transgender, pro-transgenderism for schools is also becoming a very serious problem. I watched an interview last night with a lady that was talking about how this concept of this promotion of transgenderism in schools is very, very new. And it, we're the only place in the entire world that is doing this, the United States is. And yet the United States is having this literally epidemic of children now that are having total confusion with gender dysphoria, and it's not by accident. She went on to say here in this article, and this was co- this was covered by Do Not Harm. This is a research study that they've been doing, and they said the United States is the most permissive country in the world in allowing children to pursue extreme transgender transitions, such as puberty blockers and surgeries, the new report by the group Do No Harm reveals. The different approaches between the United States and Western and Northern Europe leads to a concerning reality. In the U.S., much younger patients at a much higher level are eligible for invasive surgery. Surgeries, irreversible, medically harmful dispensation of puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones, the report states. This is because extreme gender ideology drives the United States to provide transgender medical care to extremely young children, while Europe goes a safer and much more scientific route. Do Not Harm describes itself as a diverse group of physicians, healthcare professionals, medical students, patients, and policymakers united by a moral mission. Protect healthcare from radical, divisive, and discriminatory ideology. We believe in making healthcare better for all, not undermining it in the pursuit of political agendas. Dr. William Malone, who's also part of this group, a board-certified endocrinologist, said big money is driving the current contagion of extreme, often irreversible trans operations and hormone therapies performed on vulnerable youth. He said we're dealing with what which may be one of the biggest medical and ethical scandals of modern times, Malone says. Transgender medicine is now turned into big business, and youth who are transitioning today will be medical patients for life for the next 60-plus years. Mental health among youth is at an all-time low, making them particularly vulnerable to be preyed on from these situations that are being promoted as an easy fix when they are not. He said the pro-LGBT QRSTUV political environment, which many call the woke agenda, is keeping many doctors from critiquing gender transitions because they fear backlash from powerful groups like the AAP and politicians catering to pro-transgender activists. In December, Biden even likened opposing transgender surgeries to making you a racist, anti-Semitic, homophobic, transphobe. His quote, don't know how he read that on the teleprompter in one sentence. I really don't know how he got through it, but he did. If this is what's happening right now, and this article goes into more detail about how different things in like Sweden and Europe, the requirements for this are almost next to impossible to actually to meet the requirements, almost impossible to meet the requirements because they know that this is not healthy and that most children grow out of this. The problem with the differences happening in the United States is children are being bombarded with perverted, woke, tranny ideology on an almost daily basis now between the TV shows and the cartoons and the YouTube and the school systems. There now, there's a point in the United States, and this is what this one lady was talking about. There are certain places in the United States where children are getting bombarded with transgender perversion ideology more than they are any other topic in their daily lives and activities, between the school, between the music, between the cartoons, between the YouTube, they're getting bombarded with it almost over everything. Not science, not history, 
not math, <laughs> not biblical studies by all by any means, but woke tranny ideology trying to constantly bombard them by telling them, well, if you feel a dirt in certain ways this week, that's okay. We can start putting you on drugs immediately. And Dr. Malone's right. And, and I will add one more thing onto it. What he said we're dealing with, you know, big business with transgender medicine. There's no doubt about it. This is going to turn into a multi-billion dollar industry because he's 100%. You start putting children at a young age on puberty blockers and hormone replacement therapy, guess what? If they want to maintain that, especially along with all the other side effects, mental and physical problems they're going to have, they're going to be medical industrial complex prisoners for the rest of their life. They're going to be stuck in that system. There's no way out of it if they want to continue down that road. But secondly, it's the money is always the key. You always see this. You find the love the love of money is the root of all evil. And these guys involved in this at the very top, as we saw with the push of the RNA shots and Pfizer and Moderna and everybody, they love their money no matter what the cost is. But on top of that is this is all about ruining the overall independence, the national heritage, and the mindset of the American population. Because if you can come in and you can literally pervert these young children from four and five years old up all the way to the time they're teenagers, they can't figure out what shots they need to get for their hormone transition to what bathroom they're going to, to what anything else they believe, they will be the most subservient, most confused, most pathetic (laughs) – any. they will be the most pathetic individuals that the United States Americana has ever produced, ever it will be the complete and total embarrassment of this country, and that is what the globalist banker boys are wanting to do. They want to make the United States a laughingstock. They want to sub- com- completely subvert Christian ideology and make the United States essentially comply. They, they, they want to emasculate the United States. That's clearly the goal with this now, and the United States is the only country in the entire world right now that is promoting this ideology hand over fist, and yet you constantly hear, oh, this is happening right now. There's all these children with gender transition issues. No, they're not. It's because you're indoctrinating them into believing the complete and total BS that is being forced down them every single day. This is the ideology they're moving to Montana. This is the ideology they're moving to Florida. This is the ideology they're moving to Texas. Slowly but surely, they're trying to penetrate the school systems and the Christian churches and every other facet of our lives with this perversion. This is why I have been so adamant about it. This is why I've been so vocal. If you don't agree with me, that's fine. I don't care anymore. This is a topic that I will not stop bringing up, and I am not going to comply with it because it is very clear in the Bible about this type of behavior, and it is very clear in the Bible about promoting perversion to children and what is going to happen to you, and that you'd better off have a millstone thrown around your neck than mess with these little, little children and be dropped in the deepest part of the ocean, which, by the way, if you understand that concept, that analogy, that is an unbelievably horrific death because you're going to go down so deep, you're not going to be able to to decompress properly. You're not going to be able to clear your ears. You're literally going to start imploding from the inside out, from the pressure. It'd be a horrific way to die. That is why God uses that. Jesus used that as an analogy. You're better off doing that than you are messing with these children and perverting them. So that's my stance on this right now. What I'm starting to see and a lot of the stuff that I'm seeing promoted, especially among the younger generation, is very troubling to me. But yet 
this is why I'm very vocal about it because it is not something that people can just go idly by and pretend. Well, if we don't talk about it, if we ignore it, it's going to go away. It is not going away. It is getting much, much worse, and it's time American parents and Christian parents start being vocal as well all across the country on this. And so I encourage you to do the same. And also, too, if you can't – and this is, I'm saying this very sincerely – if you can't get your kids in a good school or if you know the school is directly being involved in this, it is really, really highly encouraged that you start looking at other means including homeschool groups and homeschool co-ops and other options that may be available in your area because – there are so many parents that have had enough now. Homeschooling is at an all-time high in this country with so many groups coming together because of this very topic. A lot of the other ones are big issues. you got the critical race moronic. you got the all the, 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 uh, the idiotic stuff they're doing constantly with Common Core. This right here, this is the number one biggest topic in my opinion because this is pure perversion at its finest example and it cannot be tolerated in a Christian country, in my opinion, Deb. What do you think? Well, you're right, and, and, and this is how they've gotten themselves in. Remember, I'm, I'm going to say it again, and now I want you guys, the listeners this morning, I love you guys, and I prayed for you this morning, but I don't want any more letters on this about not talking about it. Uh, you say, well, you've talked about that before. You don't need to talk about this again as far as the transgender issue. Uh, no, we haven't talked about it enough, and yes, we have talked about it before, and Austin's right. It's one of the primary things that's going wrong right now with the United States of America because these Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan weirdos believe their God is an hermaphrodite, and they're trying to do everything they possibly can to get everybody to be an hermaphrodite in this country because they believe that if you're homosexual, you're closer to their God, and if you're an hermaphrodite, you're closer to God. That's why when I hear these preachers like Kenneth Copeland, and I'll call him out again for this, and I'll be happy to debate him anytime. says that God is as much male as he is female. He contains both body parts and all the other crazy stuff that some of these preachers say. Uh, it's nonsense. You know, God, Jesus was created in God's image, so he's a man, period. That's it. Adam was created in God's image. He's a man. That's it. So stop it all. In fact, the Bible is very clear. You know, in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy 22.5, it says – a woman must not wear men's clothing, and a man must not wear women's clothing, for whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord your God. Now, if you like King James, it says the woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put a woman's garment for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. So the Bible's very clear about this, and God's very clear about what he felt about Sodom and Gomorrah. He's very clear about what he feels about sin and perversion, and even Paul talked about it, in, about orgies and all the other crazy stuff that goes on nowadays. Everything here is to bring us back to Genesis chapter 6, to bring us back to the ancient Roman Empire. All of this stuff is being done to pervert the culture, to invert everything. So we can pretend like it's not happening, and we cannot talk about it like the Christian churches don't want to talk about it. We can say, we're not going to talk about this. We're not going to do it. It's not something we're going to be able to fill a church up with because you know we're going to offend people. But I'm not going to not talk about it. How about that? And so, I mean, I don't know what else to say. We're, we're going to have – until this issue gets resolved and it stops being a forefront as far as them pushing and pushing and pushing to us, we've got to talk about it. We've got to push back because of the algorithms. This show is so big that when we talk about it right now and you guys send the show out and we have all the stuff going out on the internet on you know, in the digital format about this, it pushes a harder algorithm against the transgender agenda. And we've got to understand that Hollywood is controlled by the Kabbalist Luciferian sect that believes that their god, his name is Einsof, he's a snake in a tree, can't make this stuff up, has his own Wikipedia page, is God, and he's an hermaphrodite. And so that's how they believe. And as long as we allow these guys to dictate futures 
and our children. This is why they put it on TV. This is why they put it on cartoons. This is why Disney is grooming children. This is why DeSantis went after Disney. All of this stuff. This is the major agenda right now before us. We, the Christians, in aggregate, let the homosexual agenda go. We just let it go. We said, oh, whatever. You know, Sodom and Gomorrah has been around for a long time. We're going to let it go. And even I, years ago, I just let it go. I thought, well, whatever. You know, God knows that these guys are doing this. It's wrong. We all know what's wrong with Sodom and Gomorrah. But they pushed it and pushed it and pushed it. And they even come out with shows like from Hollywood, you know, uh, Queer Eye for the Straight Guy or whatever the crazy garbage is they put on TV. And, and the sad part about it is we as Christians have allowed that to happen because we haven't fought back from the churches. And we've watched these shows. I've talked about it just a few weeks ago. Talk about it again. Yellowstone has homosexual you know, inversion into it. The, the TV show with Kevin Costner. I, I don't even know how to say to you, don't watch that filth. It's just a soap opera with filth and filthy language and everything else on it. I don't know how to say that. I, I'm going I'm to meddle for just a second. I'm about to get myself in a doggone frenzy here. I don't want to do that right now because too, too soon into the show. Let me explain something to you. We're going we're to talk about secular music too for a second, and we're going to talk about all of this stuff. When you have secular music and you're listening to it, and I'm talking about really hardcore stuff, not like you know Black Sabbath and all the other stuff that's out there that's really satanic stuff, all right? it creates an energy field around you. It creates an energy field about you, and the Holy Spirit cannot occupy that energy field. Just let you know that. It, they're mutually exclusive. A holy God cannot be in the presence of sin, period. And God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are on the present. They're all together. They're the triune God. When the Holy Spirit hears that stuff, he walks away. He can't deal with it because he cannot be in his presence. So if you're still listening to secular music with filthy lyrics and all the rest that's been dedicated to Satan, they tell you they're dedicated to Satan. Remember, Kiss used to say it's kids in Satan's service. Remember all that? When you listen to that kind of stuff or you allow your family to listen to that or you insist on listening to that, you create an energy field that's abhorrent to God Almighty. And his energy field cannot be in that energy field because it's not compatible. That's what Jesus does. He comes as a transformer to us to convert our energy field to back to that of the Father. But you can't be swimming in filth. You can't do it. And if, if this music is bothering you and you can't control yourself, just turn it off and start listening to praise and worship music. I mean, I love praise and worship music. I really do. But the filth, the filth, the filth that Hollywood has put out with their atavistic hatred of Jesus Christ needs to be avoided in your families. The filthy t- – I turned my cable off five years ago. Haven't missed a thing. I don't watch TV. Now, every once in a while, I'll stream something if I want. But I, have, I don't even do that much anymore. I mainly read all the time and, and, and talk to listeners and email you guys. You know, Ask Dr. Ted B at Yahoo.com, and I'm always emailing you guys back and forth. And I just try my best to keep my mind – filled with the things of the Lord. That's what I try to do. You say, well, that sounds like you're being a religious fanatic. Okay, okay, I am. I am. I'm okay with that too. Don't care. I'm like Austin is. You can't immerse yourself in sin and filth and wonder how it's not affecting you. To me say it this way. You know, let me put it to you. I'm being really careful how I say this. If you've gone through a divorce or you've turned into a, a person who's bitter or whatever, you can't allow yourself to turn into a harpy. Okay, a harpy is a mythical figure of basically a winged bird with talons and basically is in human form, and they swim around screeching and causing all these problems. Bitterness is not of God. Forgiveness is of God. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice in it. I'll be glad in it. If you're hanging out with people, and I know that a lot of people are in divorce recovery. I understand a lot of people are, are dealing with loss. I got all that. 
you've got to realize that you've got to take this stuff in your mind, the stuff that's bad, and put it on a shelf and not dwell on it. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You need to deal with it. You need to sort through it. You need to realize that God's going to get you through it, but you can't play reruns every single day, 24 hours a day, about what your husband did or what your wife did or what this neighbor did or what your granddaughter did or your grandson or your relative or your brother or your sister or your mom or your dad. You've got to just stop that because it's not of God because it does not create the proper energy field around you. Learn to forgive people. Just forgive them. Somebody offends you. They do something wrong to you. Just say, you know, they, you're, they, you do something wrong to them or whatever. Just say, please forgive me. Sorry, next time I'll try to do better. I pray that God continues to bless you richly through Christ Jesus our Lord. And I've told you guys when you do that, it allows the blessing that you just prayed, if they don't receive it, to come back on you. But I see so many people, they get so embittered. Look, I know that some husbands are absolutely misogynistic pigs. I got that, all right? I know that some women are absolutely awful, too, and they run around committing adultery on their husbands. I got that, too. I know that a lot of people's lives end in divorce, and they end up with bitterness and anger in their lives. I see it. I understand that. But you can't allow that person in your rearview mirror to control the direction of your life for the rest of your life. You have to choose to either be a victim or be a victor. You have to. Now, you guys saw Austin and I do this You know, when we lost Sharon last summer. You know, it was horrible. It's been almost six months now, and quite frankly, it's just you know, it's been a it's been a trying time for the whole family. But we're coming through it because we moved away from that and started moving towards the future. And I'll always love Sharon with all of my heart. I always will. I was married to her for 38 years, but she's gone now, and there's nothing I can do about that. And I can't get bitter and mad. It doesn't work that way in a Christian mindset. It can't work that way. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice in today. I will be glad in it. For we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, and we need to put on the full armor of God, and we need to be moving forward with our Father's work and business. Don't allow your past to dictate your future, and don't allow yourself to get caught up in stuff that you can't change and get bitter about it and get sad about it get forlorn about it and allow it to completely control you. It's not okay. You can't do that, guys. I just want to give you that word of encouragement this morning. It's so important. And if you're hanging around people who got divorced – and all they want to do is just complain and gripe about the divorce. Tell them to move on with their life or stop associating with them. Oh, gosh, I can't believe I just said that. But it's the truth. You can't allow yourself to be dragged into that energy field all the time, all the time, all of the time. By the way, just to get you an idea of what's going on in some of the churches, clinicaltrials.gov. This is just crazy. This, this, this came out a couple months ago. I just Brad said it to me this morning. Engaging church health ministries to decrease coronavirus disease 19 vaccine hesitancy in undeserved population. I should be underserved population. This is from the Pennington Biomedical Research Center. Information provided by the Pennington Biomedical Research Center. And basically it says this study will determine the effectiveness of training church health ministers to educate their congregations about the safety and efficacy of COVID-19 vaccine and booster shots for decreasing vaccine hesitancy and proving testing knowledge to testing knowledge. Now, I don't even know what to say about this, but this is a real government study that's being undertaken, and it absolutely is mind-boggling to me that people are not aware of it, and they don't understand that this is how this minister, this, this clerical deal that they're doing through the government is focusing on churches to get them to stop vaccine hesitancy in their congregation. You know, we're finding out people are having all kinds of health problems all over the country right now, all kinds of heart disease problems, and, and now we're starting to find out that pilots – 
have even got to a point now that they're changing the pilot exams as far as EKGs in order to get the pilots to pass the EKGs because they were basically not passing the EKGs. And the FAA has very quietly and tacitly admitted – this is Steve Kurtz Substack. This is a good article – that the EKGs of pilots are no longer normal. We should be very concerned. After the vaccine rollout, the FFA, FFAA secretly widened the EKG parameter range for pilots so they wouldn't be grounded. Wait a minute. So it looks like the vaccine gave at least 50 million Americans heart damage. In the October 2022 version of the FAA Guide for Aviation Medical Examiners, the FFA quietly widened the EKG parameters beyond normal range from a PR max of 0.2 to unlimited and they didn't widen the range by a little. They widened it by a lot, and it was done after the vaccine rollout. This is extraordinary. They, are, they did it in hoping that nobody would notice. It worked for a little while. Nobody caught it. You can't hide these facts for long. This is a tacit admission from, from the FAA. These pilots have had heart damage. <laughs> but don't worry. You can't sue them. They fixed the law, so none of them are liable, the doctors, the drug companies, the government. After all, you took the vaccine of your own free will. Remember, you signed that paper. If you took it, it's not like you were forced to be or coerced, lie. They all could be forced to curse millions of people to take it or to take it anything like that. And there are plenty of people warning you not to take the shots, even though they censored most of them. Wow. So I'm going to post this article so you guys will see it. But this is something that you need to understand. You know, I'm a pilot. You guys know that. And almost every pilot that I know took the vaccine. They took it. And, and the sad part about it is, is, does that mean that these pilots are going to be dangerous to fly at this point? I don't know. There's a high probability they are going to be dangerous to fly. There's a high probability they're going to have a stroke or a cardiac event behind the yoke of the airplanes. Does that mean that both the pilots are basically going to have this? I don't know. I saw an article the other day that I can't vet, so I don't know if it's real or not, so don't quote me on it. Just say this is not vetted that the people from Davos are wanting pilots that have not been vaccinated to bring their people back and forth to Switzerland. Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But the reality is we've got a serious problem here in the United States now with pilots because a pilot training for a major air flight, for a major airline, has to have a minimum of 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 hours before they put them in the seat. And people don't realize how much time it takes to train these pilots. And, and now we're seeing these people basically at these pilot levels that are having all kinds of health issues. So – you know, we just need to realize that we've got to just stay focused on what we're doing and maybe ask, you know, is your pilot vaccinated? Well, then again, are you going to be able to fly? I mean, all of this stuff. I know the last time I flew back from St. Louis, I basically uh, told the stewardesses, I said, in the event <laughs> something happens to the pilot, you know, I'm a pilot. I, I can do the best I can to land the plane, which is very difficult if you haven't been trained as far as that plane in the cockpit and the controls and the location of the controls like landing gear and power, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the reality is this. How many times are we going to have to have people who are pilots riding in the back of the plane help land an aircraft? I mean this is some crazy stuff that I'm talking about right now. But, guys, it's not getting any better. Now, I also want to talk about this thing with the transgender surgery that Austin talked about earlier. You know, this is some crazy stuff that's happening, and, and the problem is these people who are having these transgender surgeries, they're having health issues for the rest of their lives. They basically have – especially the guys. They're having their genitalia cut off. They're getting a gaping hole in their body. 
uh, the, the body basically doesn't know what to do. It's trying to constantly heal the gaping hole. And, and, and you find out that half of these trans surgeries, you know, 55% who have, quote, bottom surgery or so much pain, they need medical care years later, according to the study of dozens of cases, and up to a third struggle to even use the toilet. This is incredible, guys. This is based on 80 patients who visited one clinic in Canada for follow-up treatment. Some patients received procedures abroad where rules might not be as strict. Study based as it used patients who came up for post-op care on their own accord. I'm not going to read any more of this because it gets too, uh, it gets too yuck. But the problem is, is this. Unbelievable problems with pain, with dilation-related concerns, bleeding, I'm not going to talk about all the rest of it because it's too personal with you know these people that, with what they're doing and too many body parts that are just basically sexually oriented. So I'm not going to go into it. But this is a major problem, and it's not going to change because the, these folks realize that as long as they're continuing to do it, <laughs> that they're going to continue to make all of this money, a lot of money on an ongoing basis. And and the sad part about this is it's also causing a giant baby bust in the United States, not the transgender care, but the fact that the ovaries of the testicles, exactly what I told you two years ago would happen, are being attacked by these spike proteins. Here's the article from the Daily Mail. What's behind the U.S. baby bust? Americans are having less and less and less children, and it's on an irreversible path to economic destruction. American fertility has dropped to 1.6. 1.6, guys. That means that you need to have a 2.2, 2.3 to even replace the population, which means we're continuing to drop off more and more and more. You have to have a replacement rate, a minimum replacement rate of 2.1. Experts say that financial issues are, are not the main cause. Instead, attitude change in the Western world is at fault. That's not true. They warned a population decline could have severe negative economic effects and crash Social Security. This is happening exactly like I told you that it would. They're always going to sign blame to something else. You know, this is a this is a causal relationship. There's nothing to do with the vaccines. They, they, they lie, they lie, they lie. I told you guys years ago when they started these vaccines, I said they're going to constantly lie about the cause of the death, cause of the heart attacks, cause of the strokes, cause of the infertility, because they don't want you to know what they've just done to you. That's the truth. They don't want you to know. They don't want you to know that your life has been completely and totally irrevocably altered in many cases from these vaccines if you do not receive a placebo. And there's a high probability you're going to have health issues the rest of your life, and you have a much shorter lifespan. And if you're of childbearing age, including trying to get pregnant, there's a high probability you can't carry full term, and you're going to miscarry. They do all of this stuff. They say, well, it wasn't tested on humans. You better darn believe this stuff was tested on humans, and it was tested on animals for years and years and years under DARPA, probably for the last 20 years with spike proteins. They want to know exactly what it was going to do, what the population reduction was going to be, because their whole goal here is to reduce the population down. Remember, there's about 200,000 of these weirdos on the planet that run everything. They want to have 2,500 slaves each. That's what they say in their own writings. That means it's about 500 million people on the planet. Remember what the Georgia Guidestone said? 500 million people in perpetuity. That's it. This is the group that has run this planet for thousands and thousands and thousands of years with the ancient Canaanite religions, and they're still doing this. And they don't like you. They hate you. They want to be you because you've got a soul, and so they're jealous of you, and they want to do everything they can to destroy what God created because they know that he's God. They're not God. They can't create life. They can only destroy life and change life and mess with people's DNA. They can't cause a spark of life to develop. They have no ability to do that, but they can sure screw things up. They, they can do that, but that's what they've done with the inversion they've had on this planet. So you keep your hearts and minds in Christ. For he's the author. He's the finisher. He's the perfecter of our faith, and you stand firm in your faith, and you put on the full armor of God. Also, what do you think, bud? 
You're 100% right on that, and this is why it's very important who you're listening to from the churches. I mean, you just said it earlier, and I mean, I, I, I read through in detail in that uh, clinicaltrials.gov from the U.S. Na- National Library of Medicine, and the title of it is – the full official title is Engaging Church Health Ministries to Decrease COVID-19 Vaccine Hesitancy in Underserved Population in Baton Rouge. That's where they're doing this trial. And they started on January 15th this year, and the primary completion date, estimated study completion date, is June 30th, 2023. They're literally experimenting on black churches on how to convince people in order to make them get the shot easier. That's what they're doing. They're trying to convince people in an experiment why they should get the shot. In 2023, guys, this wasn't a study that was operational in 2020 or 2021. This is current being done, currently being done today, right now, in Baton Rouge over the next six months using black churches as the test guinea pigs to see if they can convince them to continually keep getting more shots and more shots and more shots and more shots and more shots. I can't even make this up. It says right here in part of it, it says a total of 98 participants from three to five churches will be randomized in an intervention group that will receive counseling from their church health ministers on the benefits of getting vaccinated, boosted, and tested. What? I mean, are you kidding me right now? We're now targeting churches and clinical trials as experiments to figure out how we can convince them and propagandize them into going along and getting RNA gene therapy shots further into 2023? I mean, is does nobody else look at any of the documents that Pfizer released? Is nobody else looking at the thousands of doctors now who have put out reports and clinical studies that they have shown now there is a massive uptick? Is nobody listened to the Surgeon General in the Florida here under DeSantis that has stated there is a massive increase over 80% in cardiac-related deaths in adult men ages 18 to 39 after they get the COVID shot in Florida? There's nobody else reading this stuff, but yet the fact this is what they're doing to populations that will blindly follow the churches. Because remember, Satan is the ultimate deceiver. He's the father of lies. I told you guys that in John 8 the other day. Jesus says it. Your father is Satan. He is the father of lies. Lying is his native tongue, specifically what Jesus says. So they know that if they can confuse and propagandize these churches that may not be educated on a lot of these deep, detailed topics on the dangers of these shots, they can get more people to get injected. But, I mean, you want to talk about an all-time low for pure, complete, sadistic propaganda going to churches to do clinical trial testing on them to try to see if they can get and talk the participants into getting shots and boosted and tested for, by the way, I will add a virus that has a 99.997% survival rate per the own studies that have shown, including now the fact that we've looked and seen almost all the variants of actually COVID now are by no means any level of danger whatsoever to the general population, but yet they're still pushing it. This, again, is pure theater to see how far they can continually take this shot because the uptake of it is down so low. I was looking the other day. I think they said the last round of boosters, they've only had like 
ten percent, eight or nine or ten percent, roughly, that have gotten this last round of boosters of the population. Which to me, that's still surprising. It's that high, but it's continually getting lower because everybody's realizing this whole thing's complete and total show. It's just another depopulation agenda. But yet, there it is, right there in front of you, being done in the churches. So, just something to be aware of and really understand. Where your pastors stand, what they believe, and what they really stand for, because the longer we see this happen, the more you're going to see the churches be penetrated by perversion, and they're slowly going to roll it out. And the problem with it is a lot of Christians don't bother to ask questions anymore. They just follow whatever they're told and whatever they're taught. It doesn't even matter if it doesn't go along with biblical values. If their pastor is saying it, they automatically take it as gospel. It just happens sometimes. You guys know this. I'm not picking on anybody in particular, but there are some churches out there, especially when you get into the mega churches, where these guys are like almost idols on the stage. They're these theater pastors that have the giant smoke show and the giant lights, and they're like a big celebrity. And they go up there, and they've got all their fancy cars out front. They've got their jets they fly around in. I've personally seen it. Been to churches before. The pastor says Rolls-Royce Phantom, got a Hummer, got a G-Wagon. I'm like, those are really cool cars. I love those cars. It'd be cool to own those cars. But I also am looking at it going – is it really necessary to have you know a million dollars in cars sitting in the back end of the church, like just chilling out? Like that's that's what I drive around in every day. You know, I just I'd pick you know whether I want to take the Rolls Royce Phantom or the G wagon or whatever other else is in the driveway of the church. You got to kind of ask: Is the money being better spent going to other options like trying to educate the population on being healthy and bringing in nutritional values into the churches? Just a thought. I'm not saying these pastors can't have really nice stuff because a lot of them work really hard. There's nothing wrong with having really nice stuff. But when it starts to go so extravagant where their and their sole income is money from the church congregation that's donating them money that they're not paying taxes on, I find it very, very hypocritical to be honest with you. And just that's just my personal opinion because one thing I have seen is when you operate a mega church like that, and I've seen this internally, and you're not having to pay tax because everything's 501c3 corporation through the business. You have no cost of goods sold. You have no business operation model that you're trying to keep up with as far as inventory control and everything else. You know, you can pretty much buy anything you want, and the more people you bring into the church, the happier you make them and the more money they give. The thing about it is when you start talking to the congregation about real topics – Real things that some people don't want to hear, like we talk about on this show, you make a lot of people mad, and people that are mad don't give as much money. It's a pretty simple formula to figure out. Just thought I would throw that out there, so do your own research before you blindly follow what anybody's saying because they're clearly showing us here. They're using churches as experiments to see how they can further propagandize the population into believing they need to keep getting the shot. You can't make it up here. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting. I found this kind of funny because you guys know I bring this topic up a lot. Wyoming now has introduced this resolution into the House to ban electric cars by 2035. (laughs) Yes, I said ban electric car sales in Wyoming by 2035. Now, a lot of the legislation, I think it is more of a kind of being used as – 
to question what's really going on with the narrative. And they said out here, the phasing out of new electric vehicle sale by 2035, the United States has consistently invested in the oil gas industry to sustain power, gas-powered vehicles. And that investment has resulted in continual employment of thousands of people in the, asset, the, the, excuse me, in the gas and oil industry in Wyoming throughout the country. Now, what's interesting about this resolution here is the primary thing they're bringing up about it is that Wyoming already has an extremely low population. It's actually the least populated state in the entire country, even though it is the eighth largest oil producer in the entire country. Wyoming's kept on oil. That's how they make their money, and they usually do a very, very good environmentally clean job of it. The other thing that they're bringing up here, and we've already seen this now over this last cold snap, is that electric vehicles do not function worth garbage in very cold weather. Wyoming is freezing. <laughs> they have extremely cold weather out there. Secondly, they do not have any aspect or any inkling of a way to make infrastructure big enough where they can actually have electric power grid charging stations in all these rural areas of Wyoming. Can't be done. And not to mention, how do you keep the power fed to those areas if you start having issues with power? What do you do? And then you get in your truck and it's fully charged. You happen to get it fully charged and it's so cold outside. It says you have 50 miles and then you can't charge it because the batteries are so cold. It doesn't make sense. There's too many places in the entire country that electric vehicles have no useful purpose. This is why they're trying to push people into the tight-knit group areas or the smart cities. That's the overall goal. If you look at the maps of the United, United Nations 2030 agenda, they want to have everybody isolated into major cities. All those rural areas, they don't want really anybody to be operational in those because it's too hard to control people. They want to keep people in a smart grid. That way they can tie in their 5G into the 6G system. Look at what they're doing in New York right now, putting up over 2,000 5G towers on almost every single corner of New York City. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. Who's where, Where's that funding coming from? You're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars in infrastructure being put in because suddenly everybody needs to have a little bit faster internet in 2023. I mean, does anybody else buy that? I don't. Nobody does as far as it's awake because anybody that's done their own research knows that the entire 5G frequency range was first implemented using the active denial systems by the U.S. Army for crowd control and warfare. They're active denial systems. That's what they do. You can turn up the frequency, and it's so short, but it's so strong. That's why the towers have to be in so, such cl close proximity to one another. You can literally microwave people with it. That's what the active denial systems do. It makes you feel like your skin is burning. You become very agitated. You do not want to be in that area where it's going in that direction. So when you see all these things coming together, it's very clear where they're rolling this. And then, like I said, with Wyoming pushing this bill out there, and again, I think this is more kind of going out and proving a point and saying, listen, this isn't something that's a probable solution in Wyoming. This isn't something that we're going to be able to make work considering how long everybody drives for. Because remember, if you've ever been out to Wyoming, I've been out there before, it's not like, oh, yeah, I live right here and I can go to the store that's five minutes down the road. Everywhere people work, where they go, where they buy things, where they transport with family, everything, you're talking about hours of driving all the time. So sitting around and having to have charging stations on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere has absolutely no redeeming value whatsoever, which is why I think Wyoming put this out here. But again, you see where they're pushing the Great Reset in this climate change narrative when it makes zero sense. Now they're talking about, again, bringing up the topic 
everybody needs to have a limited number of CO2 emissions per year. And if you exceed that, you have to be able to force to pay for the pleasure of exceeding your three tons of CO2 emissions per year. This is exactly what they want to have everybody do that rolls into the social credit score. Hans Joachim Schoenberg from Potsdam Institute for Climate Impact Research said that individual carbon dioxide limits should be applied to every person on the planet to establish a planetary guardrail and effort to combat climate change. Everybody should be limited to three tons of CO2 emissions per year, and those who exceed their limit should be forced to pay. He said that there are only two competing proprietary rights issued at hand, namely the rights to spend one's money on high emission activities and the rights of the rest of the population to have an environment worth living. Bizarre. In a carbon credit style scheme, those who emit over the three-ton limit by the middle of the century would need to privately purchase credits from those who are under the limit. He suggested every person gets three tons of CO2 per year. If you need more, you're going to have to buy it from other people. Now, did, God, I, can't even, I can't even read the rest. It's so stupid when you start bringing this stuff up. This, the most idiotic part about this concept is that there's no possible way for even the ultra-wealthy to stay in this realm even if they buy more when they're operating Gulfstream 750s every single day flying back and forth from different countries, meaning the only people this is going to apply to are the peasants. That's exactly what he's blatantly trying to say here. There's no way to apply this to people that are using massive amount of resources and go buy three and four hundred foot yachts and drive around the country in all these different vehicles and planes. So what this is going to be applied for is going to be for the peasants. Now, the million dollar question that's funny is how does this possibly help climate change whatsoever? Because you start having people that suddenly can't go to work now because they can't exceed their three tons of CO2 emission. But then they don't have enough money to buy more, but they have to travel to get more money for work. And so what you're just going to turn people and impoverish them because, well, you're emitting too much CO2. The ideology is so stupid, but yet this is what they're promoting on a regular basis in order to make people think this is really a problem that everybody needs to submit to under a new world order, world economic forum. Now, it's interestingly enough, I've had like three people send me text messages and emails today now. Because Twitter has been apparently blowing up because allegedly now there's – and granted, I can't confirm whether or not these guys are actually going, but Twitter – I've gotten multiple Twitter links now. George Soros put out a tweet earlier yesterday saying that due to an unavoidable scheduling conflict, he's not going to be attending the World Economic Forum annual meeting in Davos this year, which is ironic because it's been scheduled for months on end. Even we've heard about it, even though they have 5,000 troops there allegedly and all this security personnel. Now apparently it's come out now on another tweet. It's coming out that Klaus Schwab is not going to be at the World Economic Forum due to the health issue that he is currently having right now. Now whether or not these are accurate or whatever, I don't know. All I know this is Twitter, so take it for what it's worth. But I do find it funny that there's been a lot of stuff blowing up on Twitter today and yesterday about these guys not showing up to the forum. Now apparently a whole swath of other people are not going to be showing up for the beginning of it. Is something else going on behind the scenes? Are these guys really sick? Or are these guys know something that we don't know? Is there a false flag? Or is it simply more theater to get more people talking about it? I don't know, but I thought I would throw that out there because this Davos event this year has gotten a lot of publicity, much more than it ever has, because so many people are starting to comment about it, including celebrities, about how these people that are going to this meeting are nothing more than the attempted rulers of humanity without our consent. 
as I didn't get an invitation to Davos. I don't think Dad did either. I must it must got lost in the mail. You know, I didn't I didn't I didn't get my invitation, so I don't I don't get to go over there and have five thousand security guards protect me while I go talk around you know the elites about how they're going to continue to control the country. And obviously, I'm being sarcastic. Of course, I didn't get an invite, but that's the funny part about it is it's only for the guys that are in the club and you're not in it. And so when you see this, but yet they're the ones that are telling you, you have to do this and you have to do that while they're descending on Switzerland with probably billions of dollars in aircrafts. And I mean that sincerely billions of dollars in private jets from all over the world. So they can tell you how you need to eat bugs and you need to drive an electric car and live in a smart house because, well, it'll save the planet when you do it, but it's rules for thee and not for me. What do you think about that, dad? The only reason that Soros or Schwab's not going to show up is because of security. The, the problem with it, this thing has gotten so much bad publicity now, and everybody loathes these two now. I mean, the whole planet who's awake loathes them. It's kind of like, you know, a few months back, remember the um, Georgia Guidestones were blown up. And, and, you know, and so when they start picking up the algorithms that things may be happening here at the World Economic Forum that they can't control, uh, they just don't show up. Uh, let, me give you, let me give you a historical reference on this. The Titanic the Titanic was the ship that sank on its maiden voyage, and you know most of the people on board were, were killed. They kept men off the lifeboats. Austin, your microphone's on. They kept men off the lifeboats. They refused to let them on by gunpoint. You watch the movie. You'll see part of that. They actually depicted. Uh, you know, the, the crazy part about it is, is John Jacob Astor, who owned most of New York City as far as the downtown Manhattan area, one of the richest men in the world. He was diametrically opposed to the formation of the Federal Reserve Bank of the United States. You guys have to Google all this and just look it up and just you know, work, work your way through this stuff. And John Jacob Astor was not allowed to go on a, on a lifeboat, and he was, he was drowned. He was dead. And along with several other industrialists who wanted nothing to do with the Federal Reserve Bank and what the Rothschild banking cartel had done enslaving these other countries by giving them phony money. And John Jacob Astor didn't want this. And uh, he's the one who actually started the St. Regis Hotel in New York City, one of the, actually one of the best hotels in the world, quite frankly. And uh, expensive as all get out. If you're going to stay there, stay on points. But don't, don't pay the fee. It's too much money. But the reality is this. It ended up being that the Titanic set sail, and one of the other most noted guests was J.P. Morgan. And he declined at the last minute, though he had probably the penthouse suite on the boat. He decided not to take the boat ride and because they knew they were going to sink that ship. The uh, the guy who was the captain was a high-level Jesuit guy, and he was like his last voyage. And he went down with the ship, and on and on and on and on and on. You say, well, do you think they, I mean, they, the bankers sunk the Titanic? In my opinion, they did. Do your own research. Do some research on it. Figure it out on your own. See what you think. But the reality is, is these people, these industrialists did not want the Federal Reserve Bank basically coming into the United States. They were on that ship. In case you guys haven't done the research on that particular topic. And J.P. Morgan, again, declined the ship ride. Now, here we have Klaus Schwab and you know Soros not going. Maybe the security is so tight there. Maybe they realize that there's a high probability something could happen there with a false flag. I don't know. This is speculation on my part. It sure seems funny to me. They have this one big meeting once a year, and all these quote world leaders get together. Of course, Schwab is involved with an incredibly perverse lifestyle, and George Soros is you know older than dirt. I mean, he worked with the Nazis, turning into his fellow Jews in World War II. Just in case you want to look that one up, and all of these people are a bunch of perverts, is what they are. And so, are they at the point of realizing that their perversion has got to, to so so well known that they don't want to make sure they, they they end up getting killed there? I don't know. No no comment on my part on that. Have no idea. Don't even know if they're not going to be there. That could be all obfuscation too and they actually are going to show up and they're telling everybody they're not going to show up or whatever who knows all i know that a lot of these shootings that happen around the world 
or false flags, and they're, they're, they're basically planned way in advance. So we've seen that repeatedly. By the way, now we're having legislation being introduced as a Democrat to make white people criticizing minorities a federal crime. Wow. Republican Sheila Jackson Lee, who I have no idea why this lady's this lady's even in, in Congress. Uh, she basically um, this is introduced legislation that could make political criticism by white people against minorities a federal crime and what can only be called a convoluted mess. The bill proposes that a white person who vilifies any non-white person and has his words or their words end up on social media accessible by persons who are predisposed to engaging in any further action and furtherance of white supremacy inspired hate crime would themselves be committing a federal crime. Um, this thing that have a snowball's chance in Florida on black asphalt in the middle of August at high noon, okay, 100 degrees plus, to get through. But it's amazing to me that these people are actually out there introducing this and trying to get it through and just raking it over the faces of all the other people out there because they absolutely hate white people. Oh, by the way, remember the gas stove thing that I talked about the other day about how they were trying to get rid of gas stoves and how stupid it was. It was just more nonsense, more theater, more kabuki theater. And now apparently the gas stove scare is a fraud created by climate change authoritarian. So that whole thing's not going to happen. I told you that wasn't going to happen either. And here's the other crazy part about this. This whole thing in San Francisco now, they're trying to get reparations going and they want to give everybody like, you know, $5 million each and the billions of dollars. You know, I've, I've got to say this. I am diametrically opposed to what happened with slavery in the United States, period. It was horrible. But nobody in the United States right now, probably nobody's parents in the United States right now, maybe some of the great-grandparents might have been a slave. But this isn't something that's happening anymore. We've got slavery all over the world right now that's still running strong, you know, especially in the Middle East and Africa. If these people really want to change things, have them go to these other countries and start working with that, giving people $5 million for what happened to their family 150, 200, 300, 400 years ago doesn't make any sense to me, and that's my opinion on all of that. By the way, uh, Florida is now threatening to spend licenses of businesses failing to provide proof of e-verify compliance. Wow. Uh, this ensures that they are not employing illegal immigrants it becomes as part of a greater effort to protect Florida residents and their jobs as the nation faces a mass immigration crisis at the southern border. All of these stories basically come, up, come to us on an ongoing basis. We've got to address this negative stuff. And that's why I always bring up Jesus, who's the author, who's the finisher, who's the perfecter of our faith, because he's our hope. We have hope and glory, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You guys remember that. Remember, when you become – Part, when you become a Christian, you go in a blood covenant with the Most High God through Jesus, and your sins are forgiven. Just do the best you can at that point and do what's right in God's eyes. Remember, he's there for you. He's always got your back. He's on the present. He knows the future. He knows what's going to happen. He'll take care of you. I love you guys. I appreciate you. Austin, finish it up, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yes, absolutely. And sure enough, right, when I was talking about that a second ago as well, I was looking at it on Twitter. Apparently now it's being reported that Bill Gates is no longer going to be showing up to the Davos event. And so, again, I'm not privy to these guys' schedules. I just see what's going on on Twitter. Not really a legitimate news source in my opinion. But there's going to be a lot of people that are confirming this all over the country right now. And I do find it interesting. You know, what, what, what are they pulling behind the scenes? You always try to speculate and figure things out. But at the end of the day, there's definitely a reason why when these guys aren't meeting up or they have their own private meeting somewhere else, are they tired of the backlash? Are they nervous about something? I don't know. But there's something going on behind the scenes if this is actually accurate that these guys are getting nervous about. Or like Dad said, there's some type of false flag they're spooling up for something so they can sit there and blame it on You know, suddenly 
you know, the white supremacist, anti-climate denier, you know, anti-COVID denier, whatever they want to call it. It comes crazy names all the time. So just something I thought I would throw out there. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu is now admitting they partnered with Pfizer to create a genetic database from medical records now. It went on to detail there talking about that they have a database. 98% of medical database of the population has digitalized medical cards and basically uh, reference to vaccines and other medical uh, things that they've had done now that Pfizer also has access to so they can monitor and watch what's going on with the shots. Now, who knows as far as what they actually got? I've had numerous people ask me, do you think that over there in Israel they actually got the RNA shots because they don't seem to be having a high level of cardiac arrest events like other portions of the world? And my answer is I don't know. Is it possible they have different variants of those vaccines and different batch numbers were different? Oh, 100%. That's facts. You can look that up on the data on how bad is my batch. There's no question about it. There are certain batches that had a death rate and side effect rate that was to the roof. Other batch numbers had virtually none. Do your own research. Come to your own conclusion. But there's definitely some very strange things surrounding that entire shot with Pfizer and the crazy amount of discrepancy you see from one side to the other with different batches. So keep the faith up, my friends. Keep your immune system strong, as always. The immune kit online along with the vaccines, vitamin C and D3 are incredibly important to stay on on a regular basis to keep your lungs strong, your immune system strong. The N-acetylcysteine, as you guys know, that the FDA was talking about trying to ban not too long ago is also an incredibly good one as well to help out with overall lung health. So be sure to check that out and do some more research on on the website, the N-acetylcysteine, if you're needing help with that as far as maintaining health with the lungs. Stay strong, my friends. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.